Voice of the Bombers, one-on-one with Mike O'Shea, the Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. Yes, welcome to the Coaches Show, and we are coming from a remote location today. And I, when I say remote, I don't mean that it's remote in that it's a, in an outpost somewhere. But it's not in Winnipeg. We're in Guelph, where the Bombers have stationed themselves for a few days between games. Uh, Hamilton on Friday and then in Toronto on Thursday. And uh, coming off the loss in Hamilton, 23-15. But before we talk about that, and there's lots of text questions already at 780-6868. And we'll take your phone calls too, obviously. Uh, Just a quick uh, sort of reliving of your college days, Mike O'Shea. You're from North Bay, Ontario. But you played your college ball for the Guelph Griffins, did you not? I did. And so is being here kind of a trip down memory lane for you? You know, it wasn't until I got asked that today that I um, put that much thought into it. And I got asked about whether there were certain plays I remembered. And, you know, that, that made me think or give pause there for a second. And it really isn't about any of the plays or the scores of games or anything like that. Um, just being a part of something that was uh, that important to so many guys. So being around a, a, a team in a university setting and and uh, doing something, being longing to something other than just the university. So being active in the university culture and on a sports team at the same time, I think it just was phenomenal. I can't, uh, it's hard to describe how, how important that was. Yeah to me at the time and still is it, right. that that's that's what I felt the the when I got back here and and because we're staying just off campus so we walk 15 or so minutes through campus and back every day and mm-hmm. and uh as I as I walked around it just it struck me how how great a time that was in my life you know it's it was very important and and great friends and a lot of fun and and, and really the football side of it was about the people and and what we were trying to accomplish, and it really wasn't about the scores of games and and that. It was pretty interesting. I understand the facilities have changed quite a bit since your playing days, and the facility you're using is quite spectacular. Yeah, uh, there's a gentleman named Stu Lang who deserves a lot of that credit. He's just been um, sensational for the program. He's he's put a lot of uh, not only money but time and effort and. Sp- spent a lot of time trying to get things done the right way mm-hmm. and um you see you saw the results bob it's a beautiful yeah uh, stadium um the facilities around the stadium have all been upgraded the stadium itself is the same sort of footprint but the turf's changed obviously and but it's a great footprint they've really um given these kids every chance to succeed in in football and um it, it just blows you away it it probably would be one of the top football facilities in Canada, um, pro or amateur. Well, the locker room you guys are using, we were in there briefly today. It's second to none, eh? I'd say second to none, yeah. yeah. All right, let's get to some of the text questions. Uh, Richard says, first, want to thank the Bomber Media for the updates in Guelph, no problem. When watching the film, was it the most mental error so far this year, or was Hamilton's effort just that much better? Well, I don't know that it was their effort. I think we didn't execute very well, um, and so we didn't play a very clean game in terms of in terms of our execution. And we managed to 
give the ball away to Hamilton on on offense and special teams, and that's uncharacteristic of us. But uh, you know, with those mistakes, um, playing against a tough team, it makes it hard to win. But I, I would say once again, it's that's you know that's not who we are. But we need to practice this week and go out and play Toronto and show people that that's not who we are. You know. Yeah. So we know what went wrong, and the question always is, and you and I have had this discussion for five years now, when things go wrong, why did they go wrong? And often there's no nothing you can put your finger on. Any, do you have any theories on why you turn the ball over five times on a night? Yeah, some of it's – got to give credit to Hamilton too, right? They, yeah. they, they played us uh, very tough. Their defense is, is, is good, and I thought they managed – when Mazzoli went out, they managed uh, the game well with, with Dane Evans. I thought they, as I said after the game, I thought there was a couple drives they had into the wind, which were very productive for them. And they, you know, they got points off turnovers. So uh, they beat us fair and square. Um, I, won't, uh, I won't say anything different. They certainly beat us. After watching the Friday game a second time, it was the fumbles and not having Adams and Wallatarski in the last quarter that sums up the loss. Otherwise, the Bombers played... As well as usual, no problem going forward. You see it that way. Well, in order to say you played well, you do have to limit the the turnovers. But I thought our defense, um, you know, as I watched it again, it, there's a there's an old saying in football, and it's never as bad or or as good as you think. And when you watch it on film, as I've watched it several times, um, there's less and less sting in terms of the. You know, as coaches, sometimes you get angry, you know, at at what's going on out there, and there's less and less of that, and more just okay. This this happened, and we'll uh, we'll be better, and we'll move on. You had uh, actually had three fumbles on kick returns. One of them was wiped out by a penalty. I think those plays can have a dramatic effect on a game. Do you agree with that? Yep, they can. I mean, the the number one job of a return team, punt return or kick return, is to possess the ball. And um, when you don't, when you when you lose it, it's uh, it certainly is a little disheartening. But our guys rallied. I mean, they every time that happened, they held Hamilton to uh, three points, right? So another text question: Why did Paul Lapolis only give Harris eight carries when his average was? 6.6 yards per carry doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. Well, you got to remember Andrew had one big one too, right? So there was a few that, that we were getting shut down on. Um, you know, I think looking back, you'd like to have more carries, but the flow of the game sort of dictates that too, right? When you, ha when you have one big carry and then there's four or five that don't really result in a lot, it, it can move you on in the game plan. Mm. Here's a question, and I knew this would come up. It came up in our post-game show Friday night, and it's about going to the backup quarterback when things aren't going well. It's from Reuven. <laughs> what is your aversion to putting Streveler in during the dying minutes of a game when it's obvious that Nichols is having an off night? Is it because you don't think that changing quarterbacks necessarily gives your offense a better chance to pull it out of the fire, or is it because you have trouble disconnecting emotionally from your starting quarterback? Well, you want in, me to repeat in, that? in the dying minutes of a game, when we're down by eight points, we're not going to just make a switch to make a switch. You know, we had we had driven down and taken a field goal, um, and I thought we moved the ball well on that drive. We also had a drive that went 100 and 
108 yards. Well, 106, then we got a penalty, so we had to go 108. But we had a drive where we methodically went down the field and, and 100, had a 108-yard drive for a touchdown. So you got to believe that that's going to happen again or we're going to get drives and put them together. I think we just – Hamilton's defense did a great job on us. And um, once again, I'll say it again, is, is Matt Nichols is a – premier quarterback in this league with a lot of great experience and experience in leading us back from from a deficit and Chris Strebler is a very good quarterback too who can win us football games um, I didn't see anything in Matt's game uh, that was troublesome I think it uh, it comes down to this correct me if I'm wrong but if if a head coach in football has an established a firmly established number one quarterback that he believes in and the game is still well within reach, and in this case, not just within reach, but a chance to win. You're just not going to take him out, are you? Regardless of if he's throwing a couple of picks, you're still going to hang with him because he's done it for you before. He's done it for us for thirty something odd wins, <laughs> so he's got he's got a terrific win loss record. He's been in all these situations. I got a lot of faith in him, and is there emotional attachment? If that's what you want to call it, sure. Yeah. He's he's a winner. And then they, so the uh, the guy Ruben would say, "Well, wait a minute. He was struggling. Why not give the other guy a chance?" Well, I don't know that he was struggling in the. You know, the, a couple balls got away from him. You know, into a into a decent wind, and they didn't come out clean from his hand, and then the wind got a hold of it, and you know it sails. So I, I don't. You know, and and when you lead a team down the field for a hundred and eight yard drive, I don't I'm not sure that's struggling. Okay. Seven eight oh six eight six eight. We'll come back and take your phone calls and more of your text questions. We're in Guelph, Ontario tonight. The bombers are preparing to play the Argos in Toronto on Thursday, and you're listening to the Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea on six eighty CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on six eighty CJOB. Welcome back to Guelph, Ontario, where the show is originating tonight as the Bombers practice and get ready for Thursday's game in Toronto. The show brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, science for a better life. Go to the phone calls at 780-6868. Tom, you're on with Coach Mike O'Shea. Hey, guys. How's it going? Not bad, Tom. Sorry, dropped the phone there for a second. Good hands. Yeah, I don't think you might be on the receiving call right now. Um <laughs> What did you think overall, uh, Mike and Bob, of the defensive performance? I thought it was pretty good. I'll let uh, Mike pick it up from there, though. Yeah, yeah I, I thought, thought so too. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I thought we, uh, you know, we we had a few mistakes on the first drive that uh, Mazzoli scored on that uh, that draw. Um, yeah, you know, so a few plays that we would have liked to have back. But after that, I thought uh, they settled down. There's always a few plays that they want to have back, but we. Um, you know, had two interceptions. We we caused a fumble that we didn't get on. Um, I thought we had a couple other chances. We, I think we tipped two or three balls at the line of scrimmage. I thought we managed uh, to get some get some decent pressure. Um, and overall, you know, with some of the field position that our defense was put in, holding them to threes um, is is pretty good. Uh, you know, yeah. you, you want you want to still want to be better. You want to hold them to. Um, you know, one less than our offense can score or or score yourself. So, yeah. um, you know, they're, they, 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 I thought they played well and should be commended. I just think, you know, it's, they, if anything, they would like to have that first drive back. Yeah. 
Well, I just think that if, if you're going to try something like that, like Mazzoli running the ball, you know, it's uh, early in the game because nobody probably is really expecting it that early, you know what I'm saying? So it's, uh, I don't know. But uh, anyway, it was a tough one to lose, but I thought the defense shone pretty bright. And, uh, um, you know, and, and, and Matt's still the number one guy in my book by a mile and a half. So it, uh, it, uh, And then with Toronto this Thursday, I think that uh, probably we all know how that one's going to go, but we won't. Uh, nothing goes in the books until the game is over, right? Until the whistle blows. So it's. Uh, I expect Mike would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I, I share but, your sentiments, but we will not take Toronto lightly. They they are getting better and better. Their defense is playing better, and I think they easily could have had a couple wins already this season. Okay, Tom. Yeah, so, yeah. No, you guys yeah. got to go and kick everybody's ass and let them know who's boss out there. So. Uh, Look forward to watching you on Thursday. Thanks, Thanks Tom. Tom. Appreciate the call. Okay, bye. Uh, qu- a question from Ken. Uh, what are your thoughts about the return game? I felt that because the Bombers always started so deep in their end, it probably closed up the playbook a bit. In past games, we started on the 40 and beyond. He's talking about field position, and it wasn't very good for you the other night, was it? Yeah, it's normally been been just excellent, but uh, it, was, it was a little tighter going in this one, and uh, I don't think... You know, necessarily that the playbook changes all that much. Um, you know, we're still working our plays, and and Lapo's got a, a rhythm on how he wants to get us out of our own end. And and you know, in fact, once again, we go back to that drive, starting on your on the four, going back to the two, and then driving all the way down. That didn't seem to bother us. So um, that was a, a, a well constructed drive, well executed drive. So. Um, but your field position wasn't great. No, bit. and we and we've done extremely well with field position over the last bunch of years, yeah. and and uh, we just weren't. Yeah, we weren't as effective as we'd like to be on the re, in the return game. Here's a question on text: Did Lucky run the wrong pattern when the pass to Lawler was intercepted? That was the deep throw from Nichols to Lawler. Uh, both receivers looked too close to each other. Remember that play? I do. <laughs> I do remember that play. Yes. Yeah, they were a little too close together. But uh, so somebody's in the wrong spot there. Somebody might be. Yes. Yeah, okay. And the second question was: Will Pat Newfeld play against Toronto? Uh, no, Patty Newfeld will not. How, long, how far away is he? Do you have any idea? He's getting closer and closer. Yeah. Yeah. We understand his value, and we'll give him the the time he needs to make sure he can. Uh, be real effective and, and certainly don't want to put him, you know, have him suffer any setbacks by rushing him back. Yeah. Are we talking weeks? Uh, probably a couple more or something. Yeah. Now, he, he's, he's also, he is also great in the meeting room mm-hmm. and in the locker room. He's, he's done a fabulous job um, staying locked in in the meeting rooms and being a, a, a real contributor to the growth of the three young guys inside that we're playing. Yeah. But you want, I mean, when he's healthy, he's going to be in your O-line. Well, he is on our O-line. Yeah, on the field, I mean. Oh. In, actually, in a game, no? Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a he's a good veteran player. We'll we'll see where that roster takes us when that, when that comes up. But Patty's a very valuable asset. Hey, Coach, they say that sometimes it's a good thing to lose. You learn, learn more from a loss than a win. Do you think you could say that on behalf of the players? I don't think it's a good thing to lose. I think in every game, win or lose, you're going to learn things, and you need to learn things right. after every game, so you might as well do it winning. It's a lot easier. Yeah. 
So you don't buy this theory at all that, wow, you know, now they've come back to reality and they got uh, a dose of what it's like on the other side. Well, well this is the outcome of the game and, and we're not going to change it um, now. So we might as well make the best of it. And, and if we do learn valuable lessons from it, then I guess you could turn back around and say, well, you know, that wasn't such a bad thing. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the sting of the loss is still uh, fresh and we've moved on to Toronto, but there's still that the emotional part of it that we got to move on from and, and allow ourselves to get better. So, um, but I like learning from wins. <laughs> Yeah, we asked Kyle Walters that today. <laughs> I asked him, and I, I don't. I ask him because it's a question that always comes up. Well, do you think I mean, it's maybe good to lose one and bring you back to reality? And he said, "No, there's nothing good about losing." Well, I think you can still, you know, facing adversity is one of those things that can help your team. Yeah. But you can still face adversity mid-game or in-game, or you know, as the season goes on, you're going to have things that that are tough for your team, but you can still win. 780-6868. Back to take more of your phone calls and texts from Guelph, Ontario. The Coaches Show with Mike O'Shea on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. We're on uh, Stone Road, as a matter of fact. Stone Road and Gordon Avenue on the intersection. Mike, I'm right, huh? Well, that's where you're telling everybody where we're staying now. <laughs> Well, there's only one hotel private, in Guelph, yeah. isn't it? to keep that private, Bob. <laughs> Here's a, or we'll go to the phone lines before I read this text, because uh, it's kind of an interesting text. But we have two uh, callers waiting. Bob, you're on the Coach's Show with Mike O'Shea. Go ahead, Bob. Hi, uh, O'Shea. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good. Um, what I want to find out is, uh, is there any chance that uh, Winnipeg will uh, lose... Uh, Traveler or else uh, Chris Matthews, considering that uh, they hardly use uh, Traveler and uh, Chris Matthews? Well, uh, I think uh, I've said before that uh, Chris Matthews has will be uh, a part of how we win football games this season, and he's just been injured and, and not available till recently, and then um, when he was available, I thought Kenny Kenny Lawler had played some good football, and and so we'd kept Kenny up. But uh, I'm sure Chris will get a chance at some point, and I'm sure he'll produce for us. Okay. Um, with Chris Strebler, uh, you know that those are questions that uh, that the GM's going to handle, that Kyle's going to handle oh, yeah. in the off season. Obviously, uh, we think Chris Strebler is a vital part of our team. Uh, I believe he feels that way. I think. Any pro player wants more time and wants yeah. to run a run a team himself. I can't. I would never fault a guy, a player, from feeling that way. Mm -hmm. But in terms of um, knowing, understanding, and thriving in his role, Chris Streveler is a great pro. Um, yeah. He 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 recognizes that we value him, and and uh, and I think he's still at that point where he's he's still learning our game and learning every day. And I think he appreciates being in that quarterback room with, with Lapo, Buck and Matt and Sean. Yeah. So I think they've got all great relationships, but we'll see where that takes us further down the road. I think that's an off season question really. Okay, Bob. That sounds good. And uh, Chris Matthews will be playing soon. Uh, we hope so. Yeah. Okay. All right, Bob. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for the call. Okay. 
Art, you're on with uh, Michael Shea on the Coaches Show on CGOB. Go ahead, Art. Oh, thanks, Knuckles. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Fabulous. Uh, uh, hey, Mike, had an opportunity. My friends and I to meet you at Touchdown Manitoba out at the Great Cup in Edmonton. Even though we're all Riders fans, and I'm just driving through Manitoba right now, uh, you're a gentleman and uh, hope to see you again next year. Maybe get a couple more pictures with you. Um, hey, the question I have for you is go back to your Argo and Hamilton days and you're playing. You're starting a expansion team. With the guys you played with, who would be the quarterback, running back, receiver, and what the heck, who would be the linebacker on this team that you'd start building out around? This is from the guys he played with. Is that right, Art? That's right. Okay. Ooh. Um, yeah, the guys I played with. This has nothing to do with the team I'm coaching now. This is the guys I played with. Well, Doug Flutie, obviously, would be the quarterback, uh, and Danny McManus uh, would be uh, a close second. I might platoon the two of them, despite what Bob says we should do with with starting quarterbacks. I might have <laughs> Doug Flutie I'm and not the only one. I might have that. Doug Flutie and Danny McManus. If we can put them on the field at the same time, I might play Doug Flutie at tailback and receiver, and then we can run Wildcat with them too. Uh, running backs, uh, I would play. I would have Jeff Johnson as a running back, um, and oh. he. <laughs> uh yeah, I would. I would. Where would walk. you have pin- where would you have pinball? He'd be a receiver. Okay. Slot back. Okay. He'd be a slot back. Yeah. Uh along with Paul Mazzotti and Mike Morielli. Who's gonna be your linebacker? Oh, uh Reggie Givens. Alright. He was a stud. Oh. He was a stud. <laughs> okay, Art. <laughs> this is a great question, Art. By the way, Art, you yeah, talked about you know, uh, 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 it was fun, and uh, I, I'd ask something about the Bombers, but honestly, um, I'm kind of rooting for the Argos because uh, the Riders are in a scrap for that uh, playoff spot with you guys this year. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Well, they, they've certainly uh, done a nice job of late. So I think those what you're talking about at the Great Cup, were they were photos, not pitchers, right? It wasn't pitchers of beer. It was photos, I think, I presume. So, Art, let me get this yeah. straight. You you called the coach's show with Mike O'Shea to hope that his team loses in Toronto on Thursday night so your Saskatchewan Rough Riders from gain from, can gain from it. Is that what I'm to take from this call? Yeah, and I'm actually going to be enjoying Falcon Lake. I'm just pulling in there, so uh, I'm just all over the map here. But, uh, all right. We'll get the... know, maybe I'll go for the Prairie Boys this uh, Thursday night, too. Well, good luck to you, Mike, and again, I uh, hope to catch up with uh, both of you at uh, Calgary Great Cup in three short months. Okay, Art, thank you. We're going to get the RCMP over to Falcon Lake and <laughs> yeah, stop him, give him a ticket right. before he's a Ryder fan driving through uh, Manitoba. Everybody have your eyes open for that guy. All right, Art, thanks for the call. Uh, text question, will Darvin Adams and Drew Walatarski be ready on Thursday? Uh, that's the hope, yep. Uh, Drew Walatarski, I believe, will be available. Darvin, we're going to see tomorrow. We need a little more information tomorrow. Brandon Alexander was hurt in practice today. What can you tell us about him? Uh, nothing yet. That's one of those things that you... Uh, player wakes up in the morning, see how they feel, come to the mm-hmm. come to the stadium, have Al look at him, and then make an assessment there. And Anthony Gator went out of the Hamilton game, his status? I think he'll be good to go. Um, Lucky Whitehead 
didn't practice full out today, although he ran a lot of different sort. He kind of shadowed the receivers. Uh, is it fair to assume he'll be good good to go? I believe so. Yeah. He's. Uh, I think he's a gamer. Here's a question from Michael. He says, hi, coach, what happened on your challenge? And uh, for those who have forgotten or don't know, Mike challenged a pass interference call against Brandon Alexander in, I think it was the fourth quarter, was it the third? Fourth, I think. Well, whatever. You And you challenged that it was offensive pass interference rather than defense. Yeah, it was the third, yeah. I believe. Um yeah, they, were, they threw a, a swing pass, which was behind the line, so it's a screen pass, and um, there was a collision with their receiver and Brandon Alexander, who's basically moving across the field to uh, cover the space that the running back was going to, and it was, uh, you know, an accidental collision, or as I saw it, it looked more like he was running a pick play and blocking. Mm -hmm. He was blocking Brandon, and for this uh, this swing screen <laughs> or swing pass to to the running back. So they saw it one way, I saw it another. I'm still waiting to hear back. Um, it's more, it, it's a way deeper discussion in terms of the rules, you know, about. Um, illegal contact when they throw the ball behind the line of scrimmage. Now there is a part, you know, I see the league's interpretation also, which is the, the illegal contact happened before the pass was thrown to the guy behind. So he, the quarterback could have been going that way. Mm -hmm. He could have been throwing it deeper downfield, which I do recognize that side of the argument. Um, but I... I feel very strongly about my side, too. <laughs> when Doug Brown and I watched that play uh, on replay about two or three times, we both felt that it could be interpreted either way, that Brandon mm -hmm. Alexander had moved in the way of the receiver or or the receiver clearly decided he was going to run into Brandon Alexander because Alexander was moving over yep. laterally yep. Uh, into, into a position. With his eyes on the on the, on the – Guy who caught yeah. the ball, not on the receiver who ran so, into so it. So that's all a matter of how you interpret that right. collision, right? Right. Yeah. And, and I, I know what we had called, and I know what they had called, and I understand it. I just think it's one of those one of those pictures that can be interpreted, like yeah. you said, in a variety of ways. And there's a there's a rule issue with that mm -hmm. that's uh, much deeper, and certainly won't be solved this year. Here's a question from Jason and Drumheller, and this is another one that uh, comes up. I think often in games when you're down by two scores with three minutes left and you have the ball on your 10-yard line, I think you have to go for the touchdown at that time. Uh, I realize it's third and four. This is when you had the ball on the 10-yard line of Hamilton and you were third, mm -hmm. third and four and you're down by uh, 11 at that point. Uh, that close to the end zone, you have to go for the big score. Would you do it differently next time because you kicked the field goal there? Yeah, no, I would not do it differently. Yeah, you, you, that's the way to go as far as you're concerned. Well, you have to get points in that drive. If you go for it on third and four and don't get the first down or don't get the touchdown, if you're third and goal, say, um, you've lost the game. There's there's really yeah. a, a real slim chance of winning at that point. You're still down two scores at that point, so you might as well take the points and and have more clock on your side and narrow it down to one score. Uh, here's another text. Can you explain some of the reasons that went into making Chris Streveler the holder 
for field goals? And then he says, trick plays, question mark, fakes, question mark. Well, I can't answer those question marks. Those are, he might be the guy, for, he might be Art from Saskatchewan texting now. <laughs> but for him to be the holder, uh, I think Justin Medlock had something to do with that, did he not? Well, I, I don't, you know, Justin Medlock will work out a pile of guys to be holders and, yep. and he just, um, this was his preference to, to switch and, and I'm good with that. I mean, it's, it's about the operation being as clear and concise as the kicker needs it to be. So, um, I, and it may change again. I don't, you know, we'll go along and, and I have a lot of faith in, in the way, uh, Justin prepares, um, you know, how diligent he is. So mm -hmm. if there's a slight thing that, that, um, we need to do we're going to do it to help us make more kicks and Sean McGuire was the holder before and he's can still work as a holder and he'll um, make some corrections or do whatever he needs to do to yeah. to be able to hold because we, we feel comfortable Matt Nichols can hold you know it's sure. it's uh, a lot of guys get a lot of reps with Justin. Strevler does give you some options though that uh, are enticing as a holder if he could decides to stand up and throw it or run with it he can do that better than certainly run with it than anybody else you'd have holding. We're getting into bad <laughs> okay. territory here. Coach Show's brought to you in part by Bear Crop Science, Science for a Better Life, 780-6868. We're back in just a moment from Guelph on 680 CJOB. The Bombers Coaches Show on 680 CJOB. 780-6868. Omer, you're on with Coach O'Shea on CJOB, coming to you live from Guelph, Ontario tonight. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. I just got a question for Mike, uh, but I'd also like to, uh, Bob to weigh in on the question. My question for Mike is, now that you've been here uh, head coach in Winnipeg for uh, the past four years, where do you feel you most improved as a head coach? Because I'm sure there's a few things you're doing differently now than you did in your first year when you arrived. Oh, I think this is a <laughs> that's a a long answer. We don't have much. We don't have this much time on the show. How much? Where have I improved the most? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I I think that's a question for other people too. Bob, you gotta. An idea of that? <laughs> well, I don't know how you sort of quantify uh, a coach's improvement unless it's in the bottom line, which is in wins. Uh, in the last three years and six games into this year, I think the only coach in the league who's won more games than Mike O'Shea is Dave Dickinson. Uh, I think Mike, this is just me now, I think Mike has developed along with Kyle Walters and the people running the show have developed a culture here, and the coach gets a lot of credit for this that uh, leads to winning and, you know, creates a, an atmosphere on a team that leads to winning. And I think a coach gets a lot of credit and deserves a lot of credit for that. But I don't know how you quantify or measure it. It's always the bottom line, and it's about wins. And this team, I know they haven't won the big one, and I know that bugs people. But uh, this franchise now for three years going into four has won in double digits. And so it's on the right track uh, and it's just a matter of hitting the home run. <laughs> hey, Mike. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. And my opinion, from what I've seen, from, from it's just my opinion, but from what I've seen, it seems you're handling the game day decisions 
a lot better than you did in your first year where, you know, at times you, you, you after a game, oh, I should have called a timeout. Well, why didn't you? Now you are calling those timeouts. I think your game management within the game, like while the game is actually playing, has improved. That's, well, that's let's ask, let's ask Mike if... I don't know if, if you'd agree with that. Yeah, well, do you agree with that, Mike? Uh, sure. Yep, absolutely. I think it's, you know... It's our job of everybody on the team, coaches and players, to to get smarter game by game. So uh, hopefully I have. <laughs> okay, Homer. Hope that answered some of your questions. Um, yeah, thanks for the call. Hey, Coach, uh, tough loss and perhaps even bigger loss for the winners, and he's talking about the Mazzoli injury. Uh, want your thoughts on what we need to get our offense going against tougher teams. He says, going back to the West Final last year, it seems our offense – wilts in the face of a good team and then he goes i have a theory but you're not going to like it and then he doesn't say what the theory is so i just rather hear what you have to say and this is from paul yeah we don't know what paul's theory is but uh, you go ahead mike and tell us what you think about that well we ended up with 324 yards net offense against a, a a very good defensive football team um so we outgained them, and I know Mazzoli wasn't playing, so it's uh, maybe a little skewed, but uh, or a lot skewed. But we end up with our offense did move the ball. I don't think I've never gotten the sense that we've ever wilted in the face of competition. In fact, I think we've uh, done fairly well offensively in in against tough opponents and, and in tough games. So um, I don't share that same sentiment. Why would you waste airtime on a rider fan, John from Swan River? <laughs> <laughs> Straight up question. There you go, John. <laughs> yeah, sorry, John. I put him on the air. Okay. Uh, what is the status of Charles Nelson, your injured kick returner? Uh, still looking. I said uh, it'll be a week or ten days before he's got a uh, another couple things he's got to do that we've got to evaluate, and then we'll have a better answer going forward. And hi, Coach. Do you like mic'd up games? Does it throw off the offense in those games? I don't like them. Does it throw off the offense? I don't think so. Um, but I know it changes. Um, it changes the dynamic of the interactions I have from either trying to cover up the mic or <laughs> the way the way I interact. Absolutely, it changes. Has to. How many do you have? Do you have to have? I have to do four. You have to do four? Yeah. Okay. Two or two down. You've had two. Well, one got canceled because I think Rick Campbell broke the – because he was on the week before. So I thanked him at midfield for breaking the, the, the head coach's mics. I said, you must have been a part of that. Thank yeah. you very much. So before we sign off, a thought on Toronto. Thursday night you play the Argos. They're 0-6. Gosh, they got to be desperate and angry and hungry and all the rest of it. Uh, I know the – Nobody will even imagine that you could lose this game, but I'm sure you don't look at any game like that. No, you can't possibly do that. They're, they've got some talented players. They've improved once again. I think they, I believe they could have won two of those games for sure. Um, you know, they played a tough Edmonton team that, that did very well against them, uh, but they were also, they had some giveaways there too. I mean, we're going to have to, Try and take the ball away from them and and play tough and certainly play to the standard that we want to set, not play to anybody else's standard. 
All right, we'll be back next Monday. We'll be back in our studios in Winnipeg with another edition of The Coach's Show. This one tonight coming to you from Guelph, Ontario on 680 CJOB.